Well, hey there, everyone. It's Brennan, and it's time for the most punk, least punk show on 97.7 KWNK in Reno. Yeah, it's time for punk rock music. We're going to start with something from Lawmaker. This is the B-side to a single they put out uh, this summer. Uh, This track is called Flatline. I think it's a great way to start. You ready to get moving? Let's get moving. Thank you. 
more from uh, Betan Armé there. That was A Traverseless Temptets from Second Souffle. Uh, I just wish they would come to the States and do a show. That would make me really, really happy. Like, I don't know about you. I can't just, you know, go to France every time I want to see these guys. So maybe we'll get lucky. They'll come here to the States. And if you're in France and you go to one of their shows, please tell them, hey, get get over to America for those folks. Uh, before that was With Honor and To The Morning was this song. And we started with Lawmaker, which was so good. Now we're going to head over to... Uh, uh, let's hear Jeff Rosenstock. Let's hear some more off of Hell Mode. It's uh, his most recent uh, release. It's a full LP. It's lots of songs. This one's called Head.
sticks All I found in the town that I'm lost in Here in Debbie, Maine, no one's very sane Now I'm low, I'm a low possum Crossing the off-ramp hall in the coffin Trying to stay centered like my man Kenny Lofton But I often drift into conflict like Jason Todd did in Gotham
Suicide Machines there. There was Smile. Uh, that's the bonus track on the new, like, re-released version of A Match in Some Gasoline, which, you know, very classic, classic ska record. Um, but yeah, that's like the very end. There's, there's a bonus track. I like bonus tracks. That's good. Uh, before that, uh, Anti-Venom, who's super cool, they did that on a uh, split with Public Serpents. The song was Thermonuclear Wasteland. And we had Thirsty Guys in there doing Bow and Arrow. We started with Jeff Rosenstock. It was great. Now, it's time to lay some history on you. I love history. History is important because history helps us understand what's going on in our current time and how to figure out what we're going to do going forward, right? So this next track is just a piece of history, spoken word over some music. It's by Clowns. I've been playing a lot of Clowns lately. They're fantastic. This is a brand new release from them. They're laying the history on you too. And this is the story of an episode from the life of Ned Kelly. It's like Australia's Robin Hood. One of the punkest dudes to ever live. Rob from the rich, give to the poor, stand up for the underdog, stand up for his beliefs. It's everything that's good, right? So, if you don't know about Ned Kelly, look him up. But first, listen to this. This is called A Widow's Son. Senior Constable George Devine had been sleeping soundly when he was suddenly woken by the sound of a galloping horse. It was Saturday, February 8, 1879, and the constable lived with his family at the police barracks in the small New South Wales town of Gerildery. The horse's hooves came to a stop outside Constable Devine's front door, and he heard his name being called. The constable donned his uniform and stepped outside. He was soon joined by a colleague, Trooper Richards. Together, they stood on the veranda, looking at the stranger on horseback before them. The rider reached into his jacket and withdrew a revolver. Throw up your hands, he said. I'm Ned Kelly. The infamous bushranger was accompanied by the rest of the Kelly gang. His brother, Dan Kelly, and friends, Joe Byrne and Steve Hard. Ned Kelly and Joe Byrne took the two policemen to the station's lockup and threw them in a cell. The next morning, the gang dressed in the officers' uniforms, then paraded around the barracks. Townsfolk who glimpsed Ned and his men assumed that they were troops passing through towards the Victorian border in search of the Kelly gang. The following day, Ned Kelly and Joe Byrne walked into town dressed in their police uniforms, with Trooper Richards between them. Behind them were Dan Kelly and Steve Byrne, both on horseback. The gang entered the Royal Mail Hotel and promptly took the publican hostage. Dan Kelly rounded up the hotel's remaining employees and stood guard over them alongside Steve Hart. 
Ned Kelly and Joe Byrne headed towards the bank next door. The bank's accountant was sitting in the banking chamber when he heard a noise. He looked up to see a drunk bushman stagger into the room via the building's rear entrance. Unfortunately, this was not a rare occurrence. Annoyed, the accountant began to tell the man to clear out, but the bushman, who was really Joe Byrne, suddenly straightened up and pulled out a revolver. I am a Kelly, he said. At the front of the bank, Ned Kelly bailed up a junior clerk. He emptied the teller's safe of its contents. Then he turned his attention to the bank's inner safe. Two keys were needed to open it. The accountant had one. The bank's manager, Mr Tarleton, had the other. He'd been away on business and was expected back that morning. Mr Tarleton was soon found in the bank's residential quarters, enjoying a long soak in a tub after riding back to Gerildery. At first, he refused to help as he wanted to finish his bath. But eventually, he accompanied Ned Kelly to the safe. Joe Byrne held a sugar sack open as Mr Tarleton reluctantly dropped all of the safe's coins and banknotes inside. In all, the Kelly gang were making off with more than 2,100 pounds. Ned Kelly then grabbed some jewellery from the safe, along with the townspeople's bills, mortgages and deeds. He destroyed most of the papers, declaring that all financial institutions were slavers and poor man crushers. Meanwhile, Gerildery's newspaper editor, a man named Mr Gill, was chasing up a story. He'd heard about four new policemen in town and wanted to write a story about them. As he arrived at the police station looking for Constable Devine, he was met instead by his wife. Run, but your life is in danger, she cried. Mr Gill fled into town, telling two storekeepers about the warning along the way. The three decided they should warn the bank manager as well. They entered the bank, but found it completely empty. One of them knocked on the counter. A voice called from the bank's residence. Just a minute. Suddenly, realising they had likely stumbled right into a hold-up, the three men bolted for the door. Mr Gill managed to escape. Ned Kelly, Joe Byrne and their prisoners headed back through the bank's residence towards the hotel. Ned asked Mr Tarleton to fetch him the bank's revolver. Ned let the manager walk ahead of him towards his bedroom where the gun was kept until he suddenly realised his mistake. Mr Tarleton reached his bedroom and grabbed the revolver from his dressing table just as Ned leapt through the doorway. He went to hit the manager in the head as Mr Tarleton handed him the gun and calmly said, It isn't loaded. With that, Ned Kelly escorted his hostages into the hotel's bar and tossed a two-shilling coin onto the counter, buying each a drink. With their sack full of money, Joe Byrne and Dan K 
Kelly went back to the police station in the barracks. Ned Kelly and Steve Hart bid farewell to the hostages in the hotel, telling them they could go where they liked. Then, Ned escorted Trooper Richards back to the barracks, throwing him back in the lockup with Constable Devine. He handed the cell's key to Mary Devine and told her not to unlock it until 7.30pm or he would burn her house down. Ned headed to the Albion Hotel where curious locals cheered upon seeing him. After one final drink, Ned was joined by the rest of the Kelly gang, all on horseback. With the tip of his hat, Ned and his gang galloped away in the direction of the Murray River. Overhead, rolling thunder and storm clouds signalled their departure from Geraldery. It would be another 17 months before the Kelly gang was seen again. Ned had one certain regret from his time in Geraldery. After escaping the bank, the town's newspaper editor, Mr Gill, had fled town. When Ned learned of this, a wave of anger washed over him. There was something he particularly wanted done in Geraldery, and Mr Gill was the very man whose assistance he'd needed. Ned had dictated an 8,000-word letter that he wanted published in the Geraldery paper. In it, he justified his crimes, detailed police corruption, and demanded justice for impoverished families. Because Mr Gill had left, the manifesto was never published. But, like Ned Kelly and his gang, whose legends live on, immortalised in the Australian imagination, the letter was passed along and survived. Its final line reads, I am a widow's son, outlawed, and my orders must be obeyed.
So a little uh, track there from Slant called Criminal. It's off their demo from this year. A little something to keep you going after that amazing track from Clowns, A Widow's Son. I really like that. I love history. Uh, Clowns sounding like really intense on the uh, metal type punk rock in the background there. I guess the vocals are from like some podcast they did a pairing thing with. I don't know anything about that, but this, you know, the story is good. Ned Kelly was a cool dude, so there you go. You've had your dose of history today on Most Punk, Least Punk on K-Wink. And now we're going to listen to Devin K and the Solutions. This is something new from them called the Millennial Homesick Blues.
So that set started with Devin Can the Solutions, the millennial homesick blues, fair relatable song for lots of people. Uh, after that was Ultra Sect from San Francisco with the Strong Survive. Um, then we heard Monk doing Nothing Matters. Then we heard the Iron Roses with Old Guard. That's four songs, and you know what? We did a fifth, a fifth song for you in that set. I was so excited, I just shook my hand into my microphone. Anyway, the fifth song was from The Drowns, and it's called The Beast, and that's off a split they just did with uh, Wonk Unit. I love splits. It's a great thing in the punk rock world, bands getting together to make songs together or release records together, you know, pool their funds, make things work easier. So anyway, that was the Drowns doing the Beast. And I like Splits so much, we're going to do another Split right now. This one's just called, you know, Split. It doesn't need a name. The two bands on it are Sweat and Negative Blast. We're going to hear the first track, which is from Sweat. It's called Regulations.
Okay, that's uh, finishing up this episode of Most Punk, Least Punk. And yeah, that was from another split. That was Sunstroke. That's from a split they did with Bent Blue. The track was called 19. We'll play more off of these splits that we have played today, you know, in shows to come. I like to always give everything on the split its, its due its due process, give it its its chance to be heard. Anyway, that was a good song. It was it was like very like 90s screamy man, but in kind of a I don't know, I liked it. Before that, Chain Whip did Heat Wave, and of course we started with Sweat and Regulations. And now we'll we'll head out with something to just put us in the appropriate mood. Sad songs with happy music. That is the way of ska sometimes. And, you know, the core lesson there is, hey, there's lots of bad stuff in the world. There's lots of stuff that is suboptimal. But if you put it over the right music, it's so much easier to deal with. So go out into the world. Go listen to ska. Skank around. Whatever your problems are, it's going to seem a lot better after that. This is new from Mustard Plug. Another season spent in exile. I'm Brennan. This is Most Punk, Least Punk. We'll see you soon. Just me.